Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues, the podcast about comics, but it's for everyone. Every fortnight we read a single issue of a comic book and do a deep dive into it. You don't have to read the comic yourself, but you can if you want to. The comic was going to be either good, bad, or a bit crazy, but it's definitely going to be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic writer, artist, and fan. And this week's guest is podcaster and Doom Patrol fanatic, Mike Garvey. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Hi, Brad. Thanks so much for having me on. No worries. How's that for a perfect intro? Perfect. perfect Thank you very self. much. Uh, so, Mike, um, great to have you aboard. Uh, would you like to tell us, me and the audience, a little bit about yourself before we get underway? Um, okay. I, I guess you could say I'm a lifelong geek. Uh, I've been reading and collecting comics for the better part of my life, uh, but I'm a fan of the board games and the tabletop miniatures and the, the games workshop type stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm an all-round um, geeky type person. Um, and, so you're yeah. like a regulation nerd. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I like to let my geek flag fly. So Nice. Yeah. And you uh, you uh, have some experience with podcasts because uh, you do the Waiting for Doom podcast, I believe. That's correct. Yes, we are now in our sixth year of doing Waiting for Doom, oh, uh, which... <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's not my first podcast either. I, I'd, I'd done a few other comic-related shows before then, uh, and then in late 2014, I, uh, uh, or was it 13? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, I wasn't there, I'd say. <laughs> um, and I had the idea of, of covering um, everything to do with the Doom Patrol, mainly in comics, um, and then... The show was called Waiting for Doom because at the time when we launched, there wasn't a Doom Patrol comic in publication. So we thought, excellent, we only have five volumes to cover and, you know, then we'll have covered everything. And then another volume started up uh, and that was like, oh my gosh, that's really exciting. And then they got their own TV show and we're like, that, holy cow. <laughs> that just blows my mind. It's like, you magicked that show into existence by doing that podcast. Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> without us, you know, uh, fostering this newfound interest in the Doom Patrol, um, you know, there wouldn't have been the two new volumes. There wouldn't have been the, the crossover with the Justice League. Uh, and there, there wouldn't have been a TV show, which is going great guns and has just launched its second season only in the last couple of weeks. Um, really? So, yeah. Yeah, same, same here, when I can uh, eventually ever get around to it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's great fun doing that show. Unfortunately, we are almost at the end of covering every single Doom Patrol comic in print. We have about 
three or four episodes left to go, and then we will have covered every single Doom Patrol comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a, a wild and crazy ride, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to cope <laughs> once once it, it, it all gets there. So, well, I've, got a, yeah. I've got a pitch for you, Mike, but we're, I'm going to yes. use that as a teaser for later in the, in the episode. So okay. I've got a pitch for you. To keep you in work, keep those uh, rich, those big fat royalty checks rolling in from uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, can't get yeah. enough of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well that's that's uh, pretty much covers most of your the podcasty thing. But uh, I have another question for you, and that is, what is your relationship with comic books? Well, um, I've been reading comic books as long as I can remember. Um, I think, uh, I know my dad was a fan of comic strips in the newspaper, so he got me into things like Flash Gordon and The Phantom. Uh, and then my mum kind of encouraged it because, hey, at least I was reading something as a kid. Mm. Um, and, you know, more often than not, I'd learn a new word from a comic book. So she was thrilled with that. Um, and then as I got older and got my own disposable income, what do you know? Um, as a young man sometimes wants to do, goes out and buys comics. Mm. (laughs) Um, You've all suffered from that curse. Yes, yes. So as a teenager, I was really into Marvel and the X-Men, but then as I got a bit older, I started looking into um, things that were slightly more odd. So I started getting into things like Sandman and uh, and the Doom Patrol. and, and yeah, it just sort of exploded since then. So um, it, to me, it, it's my favourite um, artistic medium, I guess, if we want to mm. call it that. So you, you've got the, the to me, the perfect marriage of art and, and literature in one nifty little package. So I, I just love them. They're a great, a great bit of escapism. And um, yeah, yeah I, I just love them. I agree with you. Uh, one thing that I love about uh, comic books is that they, they, you can literally tell with the possible exception of perhaps a musical, you can tell any any story uh, at all with with comics. It's like exactly. the limits yeah. are your imagination. Exactly. Yeah, and, and uh, some of the the things out there that you can get, like one of my favourite stories is um, a series called Alex and Ada, which is about the very complicated relationship between a young man and uh, the. <laughs> the love robot that his grandmother buys for him um, <laughs> and all the, all the weird shenanigans that go on there. Uh, another one I love is, um, oh my gosh, the title of it escapes me now, um, which I feel awful about because it's such a great series. But the, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. There, there's so many different stories and, and art styles and different types of comics out there. Um that you know, it's it's a fantastic medium. So, Wild's End—that's what it's called. Wild's End is that series. Ah. Sorry, I had to do a quick dive over to the comic book shelf. So there we go. But yes, I can curse. Uh, lots of fantastic, different stories out there that can pretty much yeah only be done in comics. So that's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, that, and that's that's our public service announcement for, on behalf of comics this week. Uh, <laughs> Comics—they're good. Thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's dig into this comic here. Speaking of how they how comics are good, let's try and see if that holds true mm-hmm. with what we're looking at here today. Now, yes. I will I will make a confession at this stage. Uh, you are the third person I have asked to read this book. Right. And the two previous ones 
just flat out, they read it and they said, I cannot talk about this. Um, having now read it for the first time ever, I can see why they may have said that. Okay. But look, I love a challenge. Yes, indeed. People are probably thinking, what crazy, hardcore, there's got to be some sort of like, I don't know, obscenity in this book or some sort of like cutting edge thing. No, this, this book is its own beast. Mm, Its own very special beast. Uh, so we'll crack open and we'll say we are looking at batman odyssey volume two issue one published in october 2011 written and i'm using written in inverted commas there and drawn by neil adams okay so we'll start with the the elephant in the room uh, and this is what uh threw you off when you first read it is like it's issue one but it's mm-hmm. Part seven. Yes. Because uh, because of the DC relaunch known as uh, the New 52, where they just reset their entire universe and started everything over, this story was sort of interrupted between the two two halves of that. So it's pre-New 52, post-New 52, but this is not set in any sort of continuity or anything that makes any sense. So I don't know why they bothered. They could have just done it as one, uh, 12 issue series, but they split it into two. So, uh, as a part one, we start right in the middle of a story and what a story it is. Okay. We'll start with the cover. We have a picture of, uh, Batman. Uh, look like he's done up in some sort of explorer's gear. The Joker mm-hmm. hangs off of him, looking scared. Yeah, There's yeah. Dead Man hanging in the background and lots of bats flying around. So we got, uh, we'll start at page one. We got, uh, there's a fella, it's, it's Bruce Wayne. Let's, let's cut, cut the, cut the pretense that we don't know who this is. It's Bruce Wayne, shirtless, offering someone coffee telling them how good the machine is and talking about um, how Robin saw him lose control of himself. And then he talks about Gordon and Dick. This is not a comic that's for people who don't know anything about Batman. It pretty much assumes you are familiar with Batman and you've read the first five issues or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what's, uh, what is, what's your take on the... This uh, bat characterization that we're seeing here. There's something not quite right with him. <laughs> he's kind of, uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of providing a, a, a recap as well as rambling on about this coffee um, to this other person who we can't see. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's kind of giving a recap about, um, yeah, losing control. And uh, I, th- I think the whole plot of Odyssey is that Raish Al Ghul's son. The sensei is out to get Raish, um, and yeah, there's something about yep. yeah, yeah, um, and and so yeah, it's like here's what happened previously, but let me tell you all about this coffee whilst I walk around shirtless. It's yeah. very odd. Well, it is. Uh, well, it's one of the well-known things about Batman. One, he his parents were killed, and that drove him to fight crime. Two, he has a mm-hmm. bad car. 
And three, he loves coffee. He just loves it. He can't get enough of it. That's, right. That's those yeah. are the defining characteristics of Batman. Uh, okay. Now, I'm so glad you raised the unseen person he's talking to. I will spoil who that is. That is, a, it turns out this is a big twist at the end of a series. That right. all this time, he's been talking to Clark Kent, aka Superman, which is, I mean, oh, makes sense. Okay. Who else would he talk to? But, <laughs> mm, yeah. All right. He's okay. Basically, basically, his only friend. Uh, but why the hell does he have a Band-Aid on his hand? What's going on there? Superman. I have no idea, mm. unless it's part of the whole Clark Kent disguise. In I fact, it know. could be the most clever Clark Kent disguise ever, because Superman being invulnerable would not cut himself, but Clark Kent being a clumsy klutz probably would do yes. that, something like that. Yes, that, that kind of makes sense. Now that I know who it is that he's talking to, but yeah, that's oh, good grief. Okay, sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so not off to a, a great start so far, but well, let's see if we can find out what's happening on the next page, page two. Okay. Okay. So this is oh, this is him recapping the big reveal at the at the previous story. So this is like part seven, six or seven. Yes. I don't know. This is part seven. Yes. So. Okay. Uh, so this is part seven of the story, and uh, basically the reveal at the big climax of the halfway point was that uh, his entire Batman career was orchestrated, uh, and all his enemies like the Riddler and Joker and uh, the Penguin were all sort of like just put there to distract him by, by Ra's al Ghul. The evil mastermind. It was all, it was all a fantasy. Uh, so, yeah. see, on the one hand, that's an interesting concept, but on the other hand, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. So, again, it's a little bit confusing. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it kind of plays the whole thing that you know, Batman vows he would never kill anyone. And that it kind of explains the whole rotating door policy at Arkham Asylum. But it's like, surely Raish could have come up with something. I don't know. Again, very odd. Very odd. Well, this is uh, something that Neil Adams uh, is a hallmark of his writing in this particular issue. And I've read a lot of his other stuff. It's like he's got these grand ideas, mm -hmm. uh, but they, they are quite bizarre. And we're going to get weirder as we go along here. Okay, oh, yeah. so he's talk. Uh, at least page two, he stopped talking about the coffee, which I think is a big step up. <laughs> yes, finally. Okay, so he's just saying how uh, his entire life has been uh, has been orchestrated, a sham, uh, and his friend, who could be anyone, but is uh, Superman is listening to him talk about it. Okay. He starts saying, okay, so this is like, this is a recap. So we're on page three of a recap here. Uh, things are coming to, okay, enemies were hard upon me from every direction, and Rachel Ghoul, for his own purposes, was pulling the strings. Rush needed a killer, and I was not it. Uh, 
yeah, he says how much he hates Rush. Uh, but it's, once again, it's not really clear what he's talking about. If you haven't read the story up to this point, it's very... I'm, I would be lost. I'll tell you what, I sure was. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea that this was the first issue of Volume 2. Uh, and I, I felt like I've wandered into the middle of a story. I was like, have I missed... Obviously, I've missed something. Um, and it wasn't until I did a bit more research um, today that I was like, ah, oh, okay, there are six whole issues before this one. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like I'm missing something. So, yeah. Mm. Yes, you, you are missing something, but... I have to say, I have read those the, the whole story here, including those first six issues, and it still doesn't really clear up much of what's going on. Uh, <laughs> oh, as good. We go on. <laughs> They're just like, oh, like I could do, I could do a podcast just on this this series, on this story. Every oh, issue is batshit insane, and this one is no exception. Right. Okay, but. Where he's talking about how Raish had to turn to the Batman. I mean, the art is is quite good. I mean, this is like Neil Adams is a as a legendary artist, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. He uh, he does he basically set the standard for modern comic book art uh, back in the late sixties, early seventies when he first came onto the scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone from like every notable, like I say, mainstream superhero artist to a certain extent owes a debt to what he did, changing the comics from I would say cartoonish to more uh, realistically rendered. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and he's he and I mean. We're, I'm going to be saying lots of things about the story here, but I want to make it perfectly clear. I have nothing against Neil Adams as a person. He has shown himself to be a very, a very noble and good person in actions that he has taken over the years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I was reading that you know he helped set up, um, uh, like making sure that uh, Siegel and Schuster got you know. Uh, payments and, and pensions from DC for all their work. So, you know, he, he, he looks out for his fellow creators. So, he does yeah, indeed. Guy. Mm. He's a great guy, yeah. but he just can't write. He can't write. <laughs> he can no, draw. he cannot. He can, he can draw great, but, oh, my goodness. Okay, so... And, and also, I think if my research today was correct, I think he was 70 when he did this. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's pretty, pretty good artwork. And I hate to sound even the slightest bit ageist, but yes, the art's really good. The story, not so much. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's. I know that he actually, I think a year or so ago, came back and did another series for DC, uh, for, which was a Superman themed one. I haven't oh. read that yet, but oh, if I, I'm going to read it someday and right. see what madness lies within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so we, we're, we're drawing in, in this page, page three, we're drawing in on Bruce Wayne, getting closer, a very effective, like, artistic technique. And the next page, it's like, oh, God, so many words. 
page four. How do I summarize this? We, we're in close on uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's face. He's talking more about Sensei and how Raz Al Ghul was trying to get him to kill the Sensei. We pull out on him gradually, so it's like a very cinematic. We we pan in. Is that the right word? Zoom in, then zoom back out. Yes. Oh, then he starts talking about dinosaur exhibits and oil connections and um, and slave Ubu as man bat, and then dead dead man showed up. This is like. This is giving you a, a glimpse into the madness that is the previous story. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was at this point I I was very confused. And this is like very early in the issue. Yes, I was indeed. like, what have I missed out on? And, and do I need to go and find a, a different book? What What's going on? It was very it, confusing. This is why this defeated a couple of people that I asked to read it. They just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, they read it and they're like... This is gobbledygook. Okay, so we get in. Uh, okay, the next page, the story itself begins, I believe. So where we've gone, we've stopped talking about the flashback, and we've gone to what I would call the current day flashback, because this is all happening in the past that he's talking about, but this is happening now in relationship to the background that he was talking about with uh superman does that make sense to you kind of <laughs> yes it is happening at some point in time um in this story yes okay fair <laughs> enough so we're in arkham asylum there's some people oh god some some Arkham inmates are trying to get into uh, Sensi's cell. I believe that's what's happening. And they are, in fact, obsessed with tea as opposed to coffee. Uh, once again, showing the great, the great variety. The scope, yes, the scope and variety of it all. Yes. <laughs> that's the versatility of Neil Adams as a writer, is that he can talk about coffee or he can talk about tea. Um, so the, the, the inmates are making tea as they try to break in inside his chamber, which is very luxurious for a, a asylum uh, cell. He also has his own servant. Uh, he is having tea as well. You see the... Uh, what do you think of the duality of this, uh, the mirrored narrative that we're seeing here? I can't make heads or tails of it. I can't tell if Sensei and his servant are in Arkham or if they're in completely separate locations because of what happens on the following pages just doesn't clear it up any further at all. It's okay. so bizarre. I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's uh, like go on. Okay, so uh, the... Sensi's uh, concubine uh, punches through the door uh, and, yeah, Sensi goes to unlock the cell door that he's in, I think. Yes. <laughs> sure, yes. It's a, it's a vault-looking like... door of some sort with a massive lock on the front, yes. Yeah, and he has said that his tea... Not the tea that was prepared to him by his his handmaiden or whatever. Um, 
his tea lies on the other side of a door. And there's a very tense scene of him opening this door. Um, though there is, I notice, a big lever he could have used if he wanted to, to try and get it open. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, next page. He's opened the door. Great work. So uh, there is... Okay. Oh, bamboo. And there's a second door made of bamboo. Mm-hmm. Strong as iron. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but again, this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> well, that's generally how security works in Arkham Asylum, is that there is a steel door, then there's a bamboo door. It's It was designed by the Three Little Pigs, I believe. Right, right. Yes. Okay. And See that? Oh, sense. now... A true seal steel vault door, so a second uh, steel door. See, he's mixing it up. It's all it's like it's a mirroring, you know, steel, bamboo, steel. Yes. Um, which the sensei punches through in a single hit, or is it several? I don't know. Foom, 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 foom. Okay, I make it seven hits of uh, seven punches. He gets through it. The door collapses. And then he runs into the these other people. Uh, yeah, the guys who were trying to get in uh, all those many pages ago. Yes. Although now they've stopped to enjoy their tea. It's like they've given up trying to break out of the cell, if that's what they were trying to do. And they're just enjoying having sitting around having a chat. Yeah. Uh, they're doing the thing that... Uh, uh, I've seen many times is that you have these big burly looking lunkheads, but they're trying to talk fancy, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because, you know, you don't want, you don't want uh, people to better themselves. It's just, it's just unseemly. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane, prison thugs. Yes. Exactly right. Stick to grunts and punching. Okay. Uh, okay, so they're just saying when uh, you're not uh, you odorous animals of decadence can see very small things. You will see how I'll go through that door. So he's at the bars. He releases, uh, I guess, murder hornets. I am guessing that's what that's they are. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was calling them. Yeah, murder hornets. Sure. Yes. Uh they are not of this world. They riddled through pure iron. These could eat the world. What is he talking about? Strange insects. He unpl- lets a bottle of all of them through. They eat their way through the bars. He comes in. Uh, okay. And, oh, God, what what is happening here? We're up to, <laughs> we're up to page he- seven or something. Yeah, and he's he's basically in there, and he's addressing them, um, and he he's kind of thanking them for opening the door for him, and they're like, "What? No, we we, we didn't do it. You know, it was it was those other murder hornets." And mm. then the sensei says something about, "Ah, oh, it's hypnotism, gentlemen," um, mm. and yeah. So, so again, I still don't know if he's like busted through from his cell 
to like between you know the 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 steel door, the bamboo door, the other steel door, then the brick wall to get to their cell, or whether mm. he somehow I don't know traveled magically through dimensions to get to their cell. It's it's really not uh, clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Okay, so. Uh, apparently he was locked in and he's out. But yeah, he hypnotized him. He's done it. Uh, he this is just showing what a complete like badass this character is because everyone mm. everyone remembers when uh, uh, was it Senshi? Uh, he took off as a character and everyone was like he was he was just made so uh, intimidating. And then he's like, okay, you guys, uh, one of you gets to. Uh, run with my pack. To, you have to kill each other now, which seems mm. like a bad recruitment strategy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not ideal. Okay. Oh god, the next page. Um, uh, we have the Riddler and Penguin who somehow are looking on. So, like, oh my god. <laughs> They're somehow watching this fight scene that we don't see, that we, the reader, don't see. It It happens off-panel. There are lots of violent-sounding, you know, uh, word sound effects, like thud, crunch, crack, crack, chalk, thump, one. There are just so like, many questions okay. about the um, the construction of <laughs> the architecture of Arkham Asylum, <laughs> because they have windows that they can look out and see this happening inside. Senshi escaped his cell which had weird doors in place yeah uh, and this must lead to a courtyard which uh which the other prisoners can look in on uh, yeah okay sure. sure yeah i guess that that's what happens yeah it makes perfect sense okay <laughs> okay one guy has left uh uh Okay, so you, what, everyone else is dead except for one other guy who's injured. The, the winner is going to join, um, join Senshi, and uh, okay, and he says he's going to pick up his father's trail. His father, Rachel Ghoul, criminal mastermind, under the earth. Oh, mm. and then the crazy factor just goes up to thirteen. It's, it skips eleven. <laughs> Yep. Would you like to uh, describe what is happening on this double-page spread that's happening here? Well, first off, this is where I got my hint that it was actually part seven of the story because we finally get the title uh, page uh, with the Batman Odyssey logo and, and the credits. And that's where I realized, okay, yes, I've definitely missed six issues along the way. But other than that, we see Batman flying on a giant bat, um, being attacked by uh, sort of cavemen bearing rifles and, and swords, riding on the backs of dinosaurs. And in the distance, there appears to be a kind of prehistoric-looking Batman and Robin also flying on giant bats, kind of, you know, um, flanking the dinosaur riders. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it's... <laughs> As he said, the craziness has ramped up to 13. Okay, this is, yeah. And this, of course, so let's just go over what's happened so far in this comic. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, 
Batman talks to Superman about what's happened so far and coffee. Sanchi shows how complete a badass he is by getting out of a cell and then getting people to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Back to Batman riding a giant bat being attacked by cavemen on dinosaurs. Yep. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's all explained, of course, by the caption, which says, the not-too-distant future below the Earth. Okay, oh, so this of course. Is, yes. This is happening underground, of course, but this is still a flashback because he's, this is a story that he's telling Batman about what happened. So it's not the future at all. It's the past. God. Right. Um, uh-huh. Yes, and that's like I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, he means to spray you and take down your ma- mount. That's a shotgun. I know, says Batman. Doesn't anyone here say hello? And he says, "Turn you flying rat." So he's not showing much empathy for his <laughs> namesake, the giant bat. No, he's not. No. Okay. Once again, amazing artwork. I mean, if this was just like. If this was uh, scripted so it made some sort of sense, it would be amazing. <laughs> like you'd be like, it would be, yeah. But it is such a oh, such a whiplash. My neck is hurting just looking at this page. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any more comments, or shall we move on? Please, let's move on. <laughs> Still, okay. so much more crazy to come. Okay. Okay. Bang bang. Okay. We have a uh, a fight in the air under the ground, uh, obviously, as we will find out. Okay, one of the uh, cavemen is helpfully describing what's happened, what's going on. He's loop-de-looping. He relate, uh, yeah, basically narrating the fight for us, telling him to reload. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, uh, I think it's supposed to be... Is it ooh, ooh, oh, crikey, or is it ooh, crikey? <laughs> I'm not sure. I like the way you say it. Um, let's go with that. Yeah. Okay, so the caveman goes, ooh, crikey. Guys, guys, help. <laughs> He's got a Cockney accent, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, okay, Batman yeah, jumps yeah, onto the back of a Cockney dinosaur. Caveman, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what else would they be? Just yeah. showing, once again, yeah. the classist uh, side of Neil Adams here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Batman jumps onto the back of the dinosaur with the with the caveman. Next page. And he uh, throws him off the back. Okay. The caption says, It felt as if gravity wasn't the same as above. Everything felt, everything felt lighter. Turned out to be true. Remind me of Newton's mind experiment, full stop, of a hollow earth, full stop. Um, Okay, so we're starting to get some idea that there's some more crazy stuff on the way. Yes. Okay, and we have the other Batman flying around on a bat. So at this stage, what, what what was your mental state when you got to this stage, Mike? Uh, it wasn't doing any better. And just now, as we're looking at the art, I've just now noticed that the dinosaur, not only do they kind of have collars made of sharpened bone and teeth around their necks, uh, they mm. also have knee pads on. Yes. <laughs> knee pads. Why, why does oh, the dinosaur need knee What's... pads? Oh, yeah. Uh, by this stage, when I first read this today, I was 
kind of like, what the heck is going on? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's so bizarre. Mm. Mm. Well, we got more to go. So uh, once again, very, uh, very cool artwork, but uh, in service of a, a strange story. Okay. Bad bad guy caveman, I assume, uh, lands on the ground. Batman starts riding a dinosaur. He gets the hang of it. But the dinosaur doesn't like being ordered around by Batman, so chomps onto his cape, flips him over his head. And, of course, they have a couple of uh, caveman thugs laughing about how stupid it is to be wearing a cape uh, <laughs> as Batman hits the, hits the floor. So... Uh, hits, uh, let's say, a a stone wall. Uh, a little yeah. bit of uh, editorialising there, I think, by Neil Adams about Batman's outfit. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, anything else on that page, or shall we move on? Let's move on. It's, it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's move on. We, we, we'll really start. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Um. There's some more fight scenes. The other Batman uh, helps out. Uh, Batman just is lying there on his back thinking, uh, you know, how did this happen to me? And then, of course, cut to, with no warning or explanation, uh, Rachel Ghoul being served tea by Alfred and um, uh, Bruce Wayne is doing... Uh, gymnastics above his bed. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and... Uh, okay, I can learn from veterans. Yeah, so some like, yeah, veterans are cool. Look at what they taught me how to do with rings and stuff like that. Raish yeah. is very yeah. impressed. Oh, yes. God. Feel free to interrupt <laughs> at any point, but I'm going to keep on banging on. I think just power through it, Brad. You're doing really well. We, we could do it. We could do it. Okay. My son will find me here. Next page. Raish is like given uh, Bruce the skinny on what's happening. Uh, okay. And Bruce takes offense and calls Raish al Ghul, international super fiend terrorist, a liar. <laughs> it's like, how dare you? How dare you? There's a lot of back and forth. I, uh, I, a couple of episodes ago, we did um, uh, One More Day uh, by uh, J. Michael Stradinsky, the uh, the Spider-Man story. And there was lots of naturalistic dialogue, which is back and forth like they have here. That was like dialogue that was done well. It wasn't a good story, but the dialogue was done well. This is just crazy. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Once again, uh, Adams is editorializing about how stupid all of Batman's stuff is. <laughs> yeah, because this is where Bruce Wayne shows Rachel Ghoul the secret entrance to the Batcave by, you know, showing him the uh, the entrance behind the clock in mm-hmm. in Wayne Manor. And I was like, what? what? Why? Why would you? Why would you do that? Yeah. And the the conversation is like, here you go. You're kidding. Do I kid? But a, a clock. Can you think of a better place? It's like, oh my god. It's so. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, and then we go down and look, uh, we get introduced to our caveman friends, uh, J- Jamroth Bok and his mm-hmm. sidekick Primus. Mm-hmm. And that we're all off to the underworld. Okay, so no explanation yet as to why there's a caveman, Batman, and Robin, or what mm-hmm. the underworld is, no. or what Rajal Ghul is doing there. No. Uh, but there's so much more to go. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> okay, next page. Raish is upset that his son is going to kill him. Um. Okay. Okay, so apparently, uh, have I got... Uh, okay, uh, I haven't got to the bit where they explain about his family and all that. Okay. Uh, Jamroth is going to take him down to the underworld. Uh, we find out that his minion... Uh, Raish's mil- mil- minions kidnapped his woman. Uh, so you got to give back his woman... Uh, I like, yeah, very progressive. Um, <laughs> you know, totally has uh, her own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Agency. Agency, yeah. Totally yep. has her own agency. She's not just an object that they're going to be trying to get. Mm-hmm. Okay, next page. Robin is super excited about going down to the underworld and Bruce says, no, can't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, kid. I can't take you. It's not your fight. He's your damn partner, Batman. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, because, uh, yeah, like, if you wanted to, like, split hairs, none of what, what Batman does is Robin's fight. It's, it's yeah, not. But, I, I, yeah, I, I think if he's appearing in the story, though, he could do a bit more than just, you know, and then. Get off a tea by Alfred to try. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> it is. It all pays off. It all pays off as we go on. Okay, so Robin walks out. I'm stupid to get it. Well, do I do get it? And you can go to hell. And he walks out. Oh, nice one, Bruce. <laughs> Alfred like says, oh. uh, "If you excuse me, please, Master Duck." Master Duck, no, Master Dick does need me, I think, quite a bit. So that's actually Dick Grayson. So, okay, he's still a youngin' at this stage. I don't know what's going on. The original Robin. This all leads up to my favourite panel of the entire comic. Better than Batman riding a dinosaur. Oh, wow, okay. It's like, uh, Raish, everyone's going off doing their thing. And Rache goes, perhaps I shouldn't go go after all. Alfred, this tea glass, I'll take it, put it over here. And he thinks to himself, and I am the most useless of all. <laughs> Little pity yep. party. Yep. Poor old Rache, completely yeah. useless in this oh. story. Yeah. Super fiend, world conqueror, <laughs> terrorist. Yep. Just felt yep. so useless because he couldn't help out Robin, who was all upset. Oh, <sighs> God. Oh, God. Neil okay. Adams, what have you done? Uh, I Well, we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> a short four minutes found us at an unfamiliar crevice in my cave. 
An almost unseen wrinkle of granite and basalt rock opened before us. So four minutes to get to the underworld. Here we go. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Primus speaks funny. Uh, Batman doesn't tell him why he's going down there. Okay. Next page. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> this story just keeps on getting better. Does it? Uh, Robin is like just working off some aggression by doing some push-ups and stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, so Alfred explains what the underworld is. I think this is going on. Oh, okay. Can you? I don't know if you can explain this for me. I'm well. I'm Yes, because Robin is is he's work he's doing sit ups and and push ups and he's literally climbing the wall as Alfred's telling him that Neanderthals survived under the earth in the in the dark caves beneath Wayne Manor and and the rest of the earth. Uh, but yes, Jamroth has sort of a Batman costume, and uh, it turns out that Primus is an evolved dinosaur. No uh, way! You point... can't be serious. And at which point Robin literally falls off the wall to the floor in in the shock of this, um, and yeah, and as Alfred continues to explain, um, you know that the underworld is a repository of life forms um, that the Earth has set aside. Who sneaks into his body but Dead Man? Of course. It's like, oh, finally, we now know why he was on the cover of this issue yeah. for this one panel. <laughs> he slips into uh, yeah. Alfred is, okay, so let's say, I want to say, call out, yes. There's some great symbolism there with Robin climbing the walls. Uh, Alfred saying the various, very, very in-character way. Like, no way, you can't be serious. Way. Because <laughs> um, Alfred was a huge Wayne's World fan. Oh, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dead Man shows up. For no apparent reason. And then, boom, scene over. Uh, we're back underground. Yep. And we're talking more about this, uh, like Neil Adams' great idea about how Neanderthals uh, live under the world, under the earth. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. And, of course, Neanderthal, uh, like, uh, uh, Jamroth speaks, as all cave, uh, all cavemen do, is like, I'm a blush fan an unreconstructed fan of yours a fan with with a purpose for my people and to be what you are upon the surface a hero yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yep. great dialogue there really really brings in the um alienness of what you'd expect from an ne- involved neanderthal who lived underneath the earth oh totally yeah yeah mm. Yeah, and uh, if if Primus is, uh, you know, an evolved dinosaur, you wouldn't know it. He just looks like a a normal kid, I guess, in a Robin costume. Mm, mm. He does have, uh, I think he has a tail, though. Does he? I think Alfred mentions it, yeah, but I I don't recall seeing it. But then again, there's so much else going on in this. Yeah, okay. Then we start talking about the gravity. Uh, the, The lower we go, the lighter you feel. Uh, because the mass is above you, pulling upwards. So, this this point, I'm going to say, this is something that Neil Adams really believes. 
he thinks that the Earth is hollow and that you can go oh, inside yes. it and fly around. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, I have read things online about that belief of his, yes. Yes, indeed. And mm-hmm. the next page, he explains exactly how it works. Uh, the crystals uh, that grow inside rocks, which end up being hollow, so they push out over billions of years, that's how you have a hollow Earth. It's crystalline crystals growing, uh, so the, the Earth grows bigger, but there's a hollowness in it, and you can go in there, and it's lighter than things. Oh, God. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Hey, hey, you chose this comic, man. <laughs> okay. I got to say, I just flipped a page, and it's the most wonderful thing. We, we got to... Um, another double page spread showing the underworld in all its glory. There's civilizations there. There's like boats, cities, domes, dinosaurs, uh, pterosauruses, um, stalagmites and stalagmites. It's all so beautiful. Uh, Robot, uh, robot, no. uh, (laughs) Dinosaur boy Primus says, um, home sweet home, good to be back. And then the best part of all is that's the end of this comic. There's no more. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh we did it. Oh, my it. gosh. We did it. We did it, Mike. We did it. High five, my friend. Oh, right on. We did it over Skype. Okay, so. Oh, God. Okay, I want to have a quick um, note about this. Now, Mike, you haven't read any of the other any anything else of this story. No, I have not. This was okay. my first issue of Odyssey I've ever read. Okay, but you did. It sounds like you did some research, like a a very conscientious podcaster, so you know I, the I had story. To. Yeah, I I had to to get caught up with what had gone on before. Okay, so um, oh, this. I chose this particular issue because it had the the best whiplash moment of <laughs> going from Arkham Asylum to Batman riding a giant bat, mm. fighting dinosaurs. Yes. yes. Uh, but this is just like a this is just like a scratching the surface of the craziness that is this story. The first mm-hmm. issue is all about how Batman used guns all the time when he started out. Right, yep, okay. Because that's another thing that Batman is known for, besides coffee, is is using guns, but using them in a non-lethal way. And let me tell you, the word jacking is used so many times in that issue. Oh, wow. Because the guns are always jacking in his hands. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and oh and when people shoot him, his body jacks around. Is uh yeah, it's oh god, so bad. And then I believe it's the issue after this, or perhaps sometime in the story, when he's in the underworld, a wizard shows up. Oh my god! Of course, right. Yeah. With no explanation as to like, oh, by the way, this is a magical thing. <laughs> and it is 
It is the most stereotypical dime store wizard with a tall, pointy hat and a oh, long, flowing beard. Uh-huh. And well, how old would you know it's a wizard? Good yeah, yeah. and the, the stars and the moon sewn onto his costume. Oh, good God. <laughs> and the first thing I do is, of course, talk about jazz. So... <laughs> That almost, almost makes me want to read the rest of this story. Ah, uh, well. Only I almost, can, but. I can lend it to you if you want to. Oh, uh, look, I've, I've got so many other comics to read. I don't know when to get around to it. That's fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we've done it. I think we have, uh, we have done a deep dive on uh, Batman Odyssey, Volume 2, Issue 1. So that means we can move on with this podcast and we'll start with final judgments. Final judgments. Was this comic, was it good? Was it bad? Or was it weird? And it can be more than one. Mike, do you have any thoughts on this? Oh, God. Look, the art is good. Uh, you've got to give that to Neil Adams. Um, the story is bad. It mm. it. The, there's the change of scenery and, and the change of, of what's going on um, just doesn't flow at all and it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's also just really weird. Like, I've read some weird comics. This is a really weird one. And it involves one of my favourite heroes of all time, Batman. Like, I have a collection of detective comics. You, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm seriously into my Batman. Not as serious as some other people, but I dig the dude, you know? Um, mm. I dig my detective comics. Um, so I'm going to have to... It's all over the place. It really is. I'm, I'll, I'll go kind of neutral with my final judgment and I'll just call it weird. I think the art saves it. Uh, the writing is just atrocious. So it clearly falls smack dab in the middle with the weirdness. I'll, I'll say it's just weird. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, okay. My judgment is, like, I'm going to add it. I, I'm going to do it because it's my podcast. I'm just going to say this is incoherent drivel. This yes. is This is madness made flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Azathoth looks at this and says, that's messed up, man. The god of <laughs> chaos cannot handle this. This is just so, it's like, oh, it's so, like, um, uh, incoherent is the word that just keeps on springing to mind, but it's, it's willfully mm. bizarre and self-indulgent and crazy. Yep. It's, yeah. it's almost in the so bad it's good category, but the only uh, problem is it's actually <laughs> not. not. Okay. Not. I'm going to go this is bad with a side of weird. Mm. Uh, but... I would recommend that if, if I would say, and you can say, call me a monster if you want. Uh, mm-hmm. I would recommend you read one issue of this comic. <laughs> Anyone, just grab one issue. It will change your life. It will change <laughs> the way you look at things and the world around you. I can't give a higher recommendation than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Next 
next section. What did we learn from this comic? That's the question we must ask ourselves. Did you has any lesson popped into your mind, or would you like me to tell you what uh, I learned? I, I've learned two lessons. I've, I've learned oh, that wow. I never want to. I, I never want to read another issue of any Batman Odyssey comic. Uh, this one was <laughs> more than enough for me. The other lesson is that uh, Neil Adams, you know, all due respect, please stick to art. Do not attempt to write ever again. You should read his X-Men comic. That's all I've got to say. Uh, oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. I learned that uh, this is a great example of, un, like, I guess great artists work best with an editor, someone to tell them no. Yes. It's, it's the, uh, what you call the George, George Lucas syndrome. Uh-huh. There's, there's got to be some limits put in place because if you just write what you think is cool, I mean, I like I said, this comic changed my life. <laughs> but <laughs> good lord, what a mess! Yeah, uh, great I've, art I've, requires limitations. I've just looked at the credits, and and yes, there are you know, and ed- there's an editor and an associate editor listed on this i won't name them but um <laughs> yeah they um i don't yeah no they i don't think they did a good job <laughs> okay but yeah oh so beautiful to look at it's so terrible terrible to read okay well that we did it we did it mike okay you no, never have to read not. another copy of an issue of this comic ever again thank you sir we can move on with our lives and with the podcast. Awesome. To a question from the internet. So, okay. So we have a choice of two questions that okay. I have uh, gathered. One is to do with uh, creating, uh, we'll say comics and or podcasts, which mm-hmm. is what do I need to get started? Okay. The, the other one is, let me just see. Here we go, Steve D. How many strokes could a death stroke stroke if a death stroke can stroke deaths? Oh, um, well, I think there's only one death personification in the DCU, that being Dream Sister uh, mm. from the Sandman. So if you could get close enough to her he could maybe stroke her once before he got into big trouble so i'll say one okay well that's an answer that i can i can live with um (laughs) and i think it fits the the insanity of what has gone before so we'll go with that one Uh, it's no worse than what we just lived through mate (laughs) so the answer for you steve d via via the internet is one uh, thank you very much Welcome. for your contribution. Your uh, your prize is in the mail. Your official Marvel no prize. Uh, okay, well, we really smashed that one. Uh, now let's do some recommendations, shall we? What would you recommend for people to read or watch or experience as, let's say, opposed to Batman Odyssey by Neil Adams? 
I am going to recommend, and I'm showing my bias here, um, season one of the Doom Patrol TV show, which um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it already, and if you have Foxtel, it's available on Foxtel, and it's available on you know DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, so you can pick it up from all good retailers, I, I'm sure. Uh, but for, for me, that is the perfect... It, it's a fantastic adaptation of... Um, there are elements of it from mainly from the grant morrison run but there's other bits that they've stolen from from here and there uh and it's just so well done my only complaint is that at 13 episodes it maybe is a little bit too long uh with, with some of the episodes and uh but but overall it's if you like weird superheroes uh, and if you haven't read any doom patrol comics i highly recommend uh, you check out season one of the Doom Patrol TV show because it is, it, it, it it's got funny episodes, it's got scary episodes, um, it's got a, an albino donkey that farts words, um, it's got a puppet show, it's got animal, it's got animal, vegetable, mineral man on the show. This is a a villain who can turn any part of his body into any animal, vegetable, or mineral that he wants. Um, <laughs> it's it's got you know, Nazis being punched. Um, it's got all that sort of good stuff. It's it's a wild and crazy show, uh, but not the bad wild and crazy like Batman Odyssey. It's the good, enjoyable wild and crazy stuff. So um, I've already watched the entire season a couple of times, and I love it each. And, and for those that are aware of the Doom Patrol, they would know that there's a, a character called Danny the Street, who is a sentient um, uh genderqueer uh, street um, you know mm. and he communicates via street signs and, and window uh, letters and, and that and I never thought I would live to get to see A. Danny the Street on a live action show or B. that they would do such a fantastic job with Danny the Street and yet they pulled it off and it is one of the best episodes of the entire season uh, it's got a great message about you know people being true to themselves and being comfortable in their own skin um, so see it for that episode alone it's so yeah recommending before I go on any further about it Doom Patrol season one go and check it out if you haven't already right on I can second that uh, recommendation it's jolly good now a little bit of trivia about Danny the Street you know who he was named after? Danny LaRue. That's right. Famous mm -hmm. uh, female impersonator, as they called him back in the day. Yes. Or just uh, basically transvestite. Uh, is that right? I don't know. I, I don't want to be... Uh, uh, what's the word? I don't want to insult anyone or offend uh, anyone. So, Was Danny not a drag queen? Ah, uh, that's it. A drag queen. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, and I love Danny the fact that he's clearly a male street because he has lots of uh, gun shops on him and stuff like that. But he dresses up like <laughs> a female street. Yes, yes. That's uh, that is brilliant, and mm -hmm. uses lots of colourful language. Um, <laughs> so my recommendation, I've been desperately looking at my bookshelf while you're talking because I didn't think of one. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm going to recommend a Batman comic, which I think is good. Oh. And it's also weird in a good way. Mm -hmm. And it's also written by Grant Morrison, who did a lot of work on the Doom Patrol. Oh. Yes. And this is Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin comic. 
Oh, okay. Yes. That uh, is indeed a very good one. Yes. Now, if I recall correctly, and I think I do, this take yeah, this takes place when Bruce Wayne, Wayne Batman, is dead. Yes. Uh, is he died fighting Darkseid? Uh, mm-hmm. But don't worry, he got better. Um, <laughs> Just a scratch. So taking over the mantle of Batman is uh, the aforementioned Dick Grayson, Robin. Mm. And Robin is Damien, the son of Batman, and Talia al Ghul, uh, mm-hmm. daughter of Ra's al Ghul, also mentioned in this episode. It's all, it's all connected in Batman. But what's <laughs> so lovely about this, and there's lots of weird baddies and lots of big ideas, very Grant Morrison sort of writing. He takes big ideas. He doesn't bother explaining them, much like Neil Adams, but he also lets you fill in the, the gaps yourself. Uh, and the, the, the attraction for me in this particular run is that it is a flip-flop of a regular dynamic that you have with Batman and Robin, where Batman is grim and gritty and like, oh, we must fight crime. Oh, my parents are dead. And Robin's all like, yeah, what? holy cow, Batman, whatever you say. And this in this story, in this series, uh, Robin is grim and wants like wants to violent people to death. Yes. And Robin is, and Batman is being the ex-Robin is all like, uh, like swashbuckling and happy about this stuff and like. Just basically what Robin was. And it's like a yeah. fantastic flip flop. It's like there's some truly terrifying menaces and bad guys they fight. I believe this is where Professor Pig first appear- appeared. Yes, I was pub- just going to mention Professor. Yeah, he's he's weird and, and very scary. Yeah. Yeah, very disturbing uh, character. And mm-hmm. the stakes, as always, are just so over the top high throughout. Like it's, <laughs> And it, of course, ends when Bruce Wayne gets back from his trip through time, which is what actually happened. He didn't die. And it's yeah. a great it's a great read. It's collected in three volumes and I would recommend it to anyone who wants to read Crazy Batman with big ideas, but actually done well. Also, art by Frank Qu- Quietly, very beautiful. Indeed. Yes. Mm. Oh, and with that we've pretty much knocked the top off of this one. Uh, Mike, but I do say, is there anything you'd like to plug? Before we wrap up for this uh, this episode, um, why well, yes, I'll, I'll plug um, my podcast. Um, if people would like to head over to waitingfordoom.com, that's waiting for doom all as one word. Uh, my mate Paul and I do a, a few different shows uh, via our website. There, the main one being um, Waiting for Doom, all about the Doom Patrol. Uh, we also do one called DC OCD, uh, which is covering every big DC Comics event, starting from Crisis on Infinite Earths, and uh, we've worked our way up to the next one we're going to do is Multiversity, which is just Ooh. terrifying. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do that one successfully. Oh, I just uh, reread that not long ago. That is some oh. primo goodness. Once again, yes. Grant Morrison craziness, big ideas. Yes. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt one more time. My favorite uh, favorite panel on that is the opening page of uh, of Hitler having uh, on the toilet <laughs> constipated. <laughs> what a way to I'd, open a comic, guys! I, I'd actually forgotten that one. 
Uh, so yeah, so we do Waiting for Doom, uh, DCO City, and then we do another show called The Gary Show, which is just basically Paul and I talking about any subject that comes to mind, and we try and throw a bit of music in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's you can find all of those over at WaitingForDoom.com. So um, check us out if you are so inclined. Uh, groovy, groovy. Uh, yeah, and I will plug, uh, I'll just plug, I don't know, uh, I was going to do some shows. That's not happening. Uh, I'll just plug this podcast. Listen to wait. <laughs> listen to troubling issues. Um, you've just done it. Congratulations. Do it again. Well done. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you ever so much for your time this evening, uh, Mike. It has been a pleasure to have someone articulate and knowledgeable and uh, you know enthused about comics to chat with about. Uh, thank you and- very much. It has been it's a pleasure been to have fun. you here. Thank Sorry. you. It's, it's been a pleasure to be on, on the show. It's been good fun chatting with you, uh, even though we had to read <laughs> Batman Odyssey. Uh, but yes, th- th- thanks very much, and, and uh, all, all the best of, of success with uh, future episodes, my friend. Thank you very much, and uh, that's it from us. Thanks for listening, and bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.